As a working mom, I was spinning on my heels trying to be everything to everyone without realizing overwhelm had its firm grip over me. And it's no wonder since we juggle many identities and responsibilities and tendencies to shy away from our awesomeness. Does this sound like you? I believe one of the keys to successful living is activating our personal power. The question is, how do we do this? Join me each week as I uncover actionable tips from experts and intentionally aligned working mums who, like you and me, are on a journey to boost their personal power. My name's Roxana. Welcome to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. My guest on today's show returns. She is the founder of Transforming Young Minds. She's a coach for kids, teens, and adults. She calls herself an anxiety survivor, a party lover, and a mum to two girls. Today, she shares her personal journey with anxiety. Welcome back, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, so the last time you came on, you talked about success and satisfaction. And I really wanted to delve deeper into how you became the Emma that you are today and and somebody who kind of went for it and and created her own Transforming Young Minds company. Yeah, yeah. Tell us where you started. Tell me a bit about your backstory. Yeah, so I'm actually a Londoner by, I'm born a Londoner. Um, I actually moved to St Albans very young in 2003. Um, so I've actually been in St Albans a long time. So I suppose I've been here half of my life, which is quite boring. It's kind of crazy how it flies. Um, so I'm from London. I have an Irish family. It's a big family. Um, I grew up in West London. I have uh, three other sisters. Uh, I have 55 cousins. I went to school in London and um, I had a quite, a, a, you know, a different school environment to what my children experienced. It was very urban. Um, quite rough and ready and I had to really you know work very hard to, to achieve what I did my family were you know are very working class so but what they had is absolute drive for their children they wanted to break break the mold so I was given all the opportunities that were available to me so uh, and what always came true from the very beginning was that I had drive that was an inner drive I always felt like I wanted to have opportunity um, and I used to often watch my mum and dad struggle for money and I just never wanted that for myself. So I worked extremely hard at school. I wouldn't say I was a natural learner straight away. I had to work really hard. Mm. Um, and I was really into history and politics and still am. My dream one day would be going into politics, which I will one day. But I was always really into that. And what made me happy was actually studying and learning and just having the absolute vision that I was going to move out of home have a degree and have a lovely life and actually I've always visualized when I look back without realizing it um so yeah I've always had that drive and I and you know and I think that's never really left me but what I would say is I do remember from a very young age having that drive but really finding failing and not getting things right a massive problem Uh, and I'll go into that and that's kind of where um, it led me that sort of, sort of fear of failure but we'll talk about that because that's actually really driven my life um, and where I am right now that's amazing that's amazing and I think uh, you know very similar to me I saw my parents struggle and it became a little um, almost a rebellious thought to begin with that I just didn't want that life for me and I remember saying it to them and being quite rude about their life <laughs> um, yeah. and, then, and then but it did define me it did take me into a completely different life 
um, and, and the life that I have now kind of led to from stemmed from my environment growing up. Yeah, it does. And I think as well that, you know, I, same as you, I just looked at that fear over money all the time, that fear of I haven't got enough money or I've got to go get another job or I'm out of a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got to work again. And then it's a real trigger for me. But that meant that I was absolutely going to make sure that as far as I could control, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't have that, you know. So yeah, I think what, what is a challenge you can use to push you forward and it's just making sure that you keep that in perspective as well. Amazing. So you, you mentioned before the last time you came on that you worked in corporate for a while. Yeah. So take yeah. us back to the moment that triggered you to create Transforming Young Minds. Yeah. So I, I actually, I've had a very successful career. I've worked um, in corporate life. So I've worked for pharmaceutical companies. I've also run big teams in recruitment. So quite full on, always in sales and access. So you're getting drugs to market, which is really fulfilling, but quite full on. And then I had my first daughter and I was still working for a corporate pharmaceutical company and that seemed to work okay. And then I had my second child and I realized that I just didn't want to miss out on, on them. You know, I feel working, you know, hands off to any mum that does corporate life because it is so full on with children. And so, you know, I decided when I was pregnant with my second that I wasn't going to go back. So I didn't. And that then really led and me down a quite a dark road. So I had my second daughter, she was tongue tied, but we didn't know, well, no one told me. So I was unable to breastfeed her. She wasn't really feeding milk. She wasn't sleeping, she wasn't eating. And I had a very difficult time. So all of my perfectionism, the thing that I had this first daughter that did everything that was meant, cause I was an amazing baby trainer, mm. but I realized that when I had my second, that I couldn't control anything. It was all out of my control. So I went from corporate to having this sort of textbook baby managing it all to having another who wasn't doing everything that was she was meant to and was actually not thriving and I was becoming more and more anxious so while I was off I had um I went through a, a real journey of postnatal depression I had um without realizing it I had anxiety to the point where I was unable to even drive a car on a motorway or go to an event um, and then all this kind of happened without me realizing it. it just became what I was like I wasn't sleeping I was dark I don't really remember those days being very happy so while I turned down the job of going back to this promotion that I got when I was pregnant I then was at home with two small children unable to control anything not sleeping and I actually went to uh, an event and I had a panic attack and I had to leave and then this lady that I don't really know very well came up to me and said are you okay oh, my husband's got anxiety and it's really hard. I can see you're really struggling. Have you thought about going to a doctor? And it was at that moment I thought, oh my gosh, like this has got to change. So I went into uh, see counselling. I had a counsellor and then I went into um, a CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapist Coach, and then an NLP. And then I was on the roads and I discovered so much about myself Uh, all these beliefs that I had, which were all about control and perfectionism and fear of failure. And it just opened my eyes to this massive world and I absolutely loved it. And so I booked eight sessions. And on my last session, I knew it was like an epiphany from God or spirit, if you're spiritual, I I am, that I was meant to do this. And I decided on that day that I was going to set up this brand. So that was the worst whistle stop tour of how it got me there, really. That's amazing. And isn't it interesting that as a child you were so driven and you were aiming for so much and everything was going your way you know you were probably going 
achieving everything in terms of qualifications and then you got all the great jobs and you were moving up the career ladder in corporate land and then it took you that moment where you had your second child she she wasn't she wasn't able to be that kind of perfect child that made Mm. you feel successful but it's through that that you then discovered through that hardship and through having anxiety and panic attacks that you then discovered that there's probably parts of you that you haven't been able to explore. Mm, absolutely. And, and, and actually what was interesting was I could see that I was doing that to my, my eldest daughter as well. Like, you know, I'd, I'd be doing reading with her saying, yeah, come see, and we've done this before. And, and actually I, was, I, I realized I was imparting like my fear of failure onto her. And, and again, that was another trigger. I was like, I can't, I'm not doing this to her because I don't want her to feel like I felt. Um, and I still remember, you know, crying at primary school. I couldn't write an S and losing it and not taking part in sport because I thought, well, if I'm not going to be the best and I don't want to do it and everyone's going to laugh at me. And, and actually, my mom used to say to my teachers, don't push her anymore because she does it to herself. Like, don't, please don't, don't do that. And they're not like that. So, you know, the interesting part is sometimes it is who you are. Um, but I also have this big belief that girls are treated very differently from, or certainly in my generation, of being perfect. It's a language that's used from, with you from a very early age, which can shape your beliefs. Um, so, but that's a whole other story. But absolutely, you know, that, 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 that kind of all of the limita- limiting beliefs I put in myself were, were actually causing physical reaction, which was anxiety. That's amazing. I, I think it's so common as well. I know I went through the very same thing. My, my daughter was, my firstborn was the perfect text baby. And then the second was tongue tied <laughs> and yeah. he couldn't latch on. And I went through, when you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm reliving those months again. Mm-hmm. And I did months. also spiral into a really, really dark time in my life. And mm-hmm. I did have panic attacks, I remember, but I thought it was something else. I thought it was just because I wasn't getting out and being physical. Um, I, I actually think it's all of those things. You know, we know that anxiety is triggered through high levels of cortisol. And if you're tired, you're not sleeping and you're not moving mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're out of control, you're, you're, the stress levels are high. It's natural. You know, your body's actually doing what it's meant to, which is what anxiety is. It's like a superpower. You know, it's there to warn you and tell mm-hmm. you that something is wrong. And so it's like your power pack. You know, and that, that, that's it. So, you know, that, it's not a surprise that us mums that have got these new little babies that can't speak to us do go through that. And I don't think people talk about it enough. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think so much postnatal depression goes undiagnosed, undetected anyway. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I used to, I used to volunteer for um, a women's group that was, was based around new mums. And I, every mum that came in, I would say, you know, are you sleeping? no well, okay, you know, if you're not sleeping, then naturally your body's under stress anyway. And it's a really tough time. And, you know, I think we all need to be a bit kinder to new, new mums and be honest with them as well. You know, people aren't always as honest with you. That's <laughs> what is the truth. That is um, the truth. That is yeah. the truth. <laughs> so you, you set up Transforming Young Minds and you were kind of in this cloud of, um, or you have this epiphany and you knew that this was a thing that you wanted to do. Now, I was just thinking about something as you were talking. And, and I know that as a child, you have this kind of perfectionist drive to be the best. And, and you just touched upon that again a minute ago. And I wonder if part of that was your motivation for setting up a service primarily aimed at children. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I mean, look, I, when I was in my, my CBT, 
and then NLP, same thing. You know, fear of failure, um, absolute trigger. You know, they, they would ask me questions like, you know, so tell me about, you know, as a mom, like, I was like, well, they never get processed food and, and, and you know, I make everything from fresh. And, and this woman was looking at me like, you must be exhausted. And, and that was exactly it. I was like, I do not want any child to feel that failure is, is wrong. You know, I want, I want young people to change their narrative. And we all know that the school system is so full on and academic. You know, what I find is that there's very little time to explore feelings in school. In fact, there's none. So actually, I, it was always going to be about young people because it starts with them. What I then discovered uh, naively was actually also families. You have to work with the family because what, what we think is what we become and what we see is what we model. So, you know, when I have a call from a parent, they'll say, you know, my, my child is, you know, really anxious, a perfectionist. I say, okay, talk, talk to me about your values. And they'll always pretty much come up that they are the same. So, so if you spot it, you got it. And so the work I started with working with just, I say just with children and teenagers, and then my work has really grown to families and parents. And I probably have equal now amount and often a child will start with me and then I'll see the parents anyway because it'll you know open up that reality that you know what you see is is what I've got and that's the modeling of that kind of language and the, the behavior um so it, you know I'm really passionate about family work and also young people because you know they are the future uh, and actually wouldn't it be amazing if we had this next generation of resilient positive accepting um it generation of people that are really open to talking about their feelings as well which i think we're going to get to things oh, definitely we will we will we will with people like yeah. you in the world that's for sure emma yeah. <laughs> so when you were setting up transforming young minds did you come did you experience any of your own limiting beliefs in in that process of setting up and establishing yourself in in that first sort of six months to a year yeah no i mean i made my first client i was absolutely terrified i was physically shaking breathing <laughs> telling myself i could do it i spent sort of the first year always asking myself like am i enough am i good enough and i think because there are so many mental health is so big on the agenda now is that you know for me i had to you know i remember my husband saying will you stop saying am i good enough you know like you are making a difference whatever you do is making a difference like the fact they're coming to you and they're leaving with techniques and parents are telling you but it was that honestly that imposter syndrome of you know am i doing the right thing am i enough am i good enough i spent like a year doing that but to be honest i still do that because that's part of me always wanting to grow myself so that you know and again that kind of fear of what you know what what if they criticize me what if i'm not doing well enough so i was still always going back to that but I think that I think that also drives me just to keep improving. Um, but I think you've got to do this for a while to sort of see the results and then get the evidence together. And I think the first year or two of running a company, whatever you do, is challenging because what you want is, is the truth and the evidence that you're doing a good job. And that can take time, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then and then with that evidence, you can feed your fears the right information mm -hmm. and say, actually, yeah. I can do this. And obviously, yeah. there's going to be the odd client that you have who doesn't respond well to what you what you're offering. Yeah. Um, but that isn't that part of if you think about anything in, term, mm. in terms of consumption or anything that we take on, not everything's going to be or people aren't always ready as well. I think that's the other thing. Yeah, it's got to come. I mean, you are um you know you're part of the vehicle to get them to some 
your clients are somewhere, but ultimately they've got to have that motivation, that intrinsic motivation to do that. Mm. And some, like you say, are ready and some are really up for it. Uh, you know, but it, you know, whatever you do, I still think you're making a difference in some way. I think that's a really good mantra to have. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love you to sort of um, tell us a little bit about what you love most about your life now. So you've been in, you've had Transforming Young Minds. Did you say it was three years old now? Yeah, just over three years old. Three so years old. And, and you're working with almost as many adults as you are children. Yeah, that's right. So I'm also working with companies now as well. So it's oh, kind tell of tell us about that. Yeah. So I, just because I, I mean, where where and Roxanne, you live in St Albans, so you'll get this. It's a really small environment, you know, place. And what happens is I end up seeing families that parents work at a company, and they say, "Oh my gosh, our company is really missing." some of this that you know resilience and we don't really know what our values are and so actually that's open doors for for clients so actually I'm working with well I'm just beginning to work with clients now and helping them look at where they're at, they are with their resilience so I'm I, I'm actually sort of called raw index trained which is um, assessing resilience um, where you're at and then setting goals to improve that resilience um, so there's some really exciting work I've got coming up um, with some companies at the moment and I've also done some really great narrowing COVID-19 scenario at the minute of um, companies that are feeling anxious so I've mm -hmm. done some really great um, web webinars and also um, zoom workshops with clients to help them through that and setting you know giving them tools and techniques to help them through this period of time so you know it's all opening up and I think Roxana you'll probably know this that when you start working one thing it kind of leads to another and then before you know it, you're doing all sorts of exciting things, um, which you then take into all the other clients as well. So it's just, that's one of the things I absolutely love is just the, the variety of what you end up doing is so interesting. Yeah, and that, that sort of evolution of, of yourself as well, sort of getting really comfortable working with one group of people and then morphing into supporting the adults. Yeah. And now you're working with corporates and companies. And I think... That variety, as you just said, is so important to to you as well as an individual to and to again be creating new evidence for your mind to say, I can do this too. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I've got three core values. One of them is um, trust and loyalty. Uh, the other is um, always pushing outside of my comfort zone. I've, I've never my life has always been like that. Whatever I where I'm at, I'm like, what can I do next? Where, how can I push myself forward? So again, you know, the company stuff is taking me back to where I was three years ago, terrified in some respects, but it's important for me to grow. And so, you know, I, I always want to step out of my comfort zone, which is why I just love that evolution and um, moving myself forward all the time. And it's something I always ask, you know, I say to my clients, like, if you were to take a leap, what does that look like? Take the leap and then, you know, do it. You know, what I what we know is fear is I call it false evidence appearing real. You know, what truth have you got that you can't? What if you did? What if that was even better? So, you know, always challenging myself and moving forward, which is what I've always loved about this. It started as something, but it's evolving. And that's that, and that's life. I think life's all about change and stretch. Oh, you're such an inspiration. What would you say to my listeners who have a dream or a desire? They don't know that they have what it takes. They're on the fence. Yeah, I would say life is so short. Take the leap. You know, at the end of the day, when you look back, I mean, I've always, I mean, it's sometimes a bit depressing, but I was thinking, on my last few hours of life, what do I want to reflect on? What do I want to see has happened? 
And for you, you know, life is about grabbing it and regret is something you can't change. It's probably one of the worst feelings. So take the leap. So what if it goes wrong? What if that's the best thing that's ever happened to you? You know, my anxiety has led me to this amazing life. Don't get me wrong, I have challenges. You know, it's exhausting. It can be very emotional. I work late, but to me, it's worth it. And actually, I, I'm really fulfilled. So if you've got an idea, you know, plan it, you know, control what you can control, take the leap and know that whatever happens is taking you to where you're meant to be. Uh, and, and trust in the universe, like, you know, visualize when you want something, think about what it looks like, think about what it feels like and ask the universe for it. And, you know, often I say that and especially the teenage boys they look at me like I'm completely mad. But when they've done it, it's happened and it's worked. So visualize, take the leap and know that you can. And just ask yourself, if I wasn't to do this, would I regret it? And if you have that thought, you will regret it. Just do it anyway. So I'm all in to feel the fear and just do it anyway. That's my mm -hmm. mantra. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that is so, you know, it, it, even through the language that you use as you as you as you share your little message for my listeners, I think that there's so much positive in that. It's about moving forward. It's about doing what you can, controlling what you can, and then just going for it because you know, we're not going to be able to control every single minutiae of detail in life. And we never have been and we never will be able to. But there are certain things that we can control. And I think if you can control your mind, if you can visualize, if you can meditate on your ideas and your thoughts, I, I agree with you. I think we can manifest pretty much anything into our life. 100%. And, and, and visualization is so important. You know, and if you're not a visual mind, then saying those words, writing them down you know, to going to that thing that you want. Uh, and actually, you know, something that I encourage all my clients to do. Well, I, I say to my clients, Emma, and I don't know if this is similar to yours, is we're visualizing all the time anyway. Every time we think about our fear and think, oh, well, this might happen. That's you visualizing. But yeah. this visualization is where you are the director and you're directing a desired outcome. So mm -hmm. it's just that kind of slight tweak in how we visualize. Yeah, that determines absolutely. success or not. Yeah, hundred percent. And controlling the controllables is so important. You know, looking around and you know, and knowing what you, you what, what can you do to make a difference in this moment, and letting the universe do everything else. Amazing, Emma. What took you the longest to learn to accept or love about yourself? Uh, that I can make mistakes. You know, really, I, I mean, that it's been something that's taken up until I was about 38. <laughs> so, so it takes a long time. But you know what? Mistakes. And when I say mistakes, I mean, you know, you, um, it doesn't have maybe the word mistakes is the wrong one, but things can go wrong. And that's OK. Mm. And, and actually, it's what you learn from that is the thing that it counts. So it's all about that choice again. So let's link it back to me. You know, I had this baby that wasn't sleeping and wasn't doing this, but I just took that choice to say, right, this has gone wrong. I need some help. And how can I use that, 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 that kind of downtime to elevate myself? So making mistakes is really important. And I just love it when my kids say, Mister, I don't need to be perfect. There is no such thing. I can make mistakes. I'm like, brilliant. You know, so I love that. You know, when I see my kids doing that, I think if you can feel like that now and you can keep with that, then that is really going to push you forward. And that is resilience for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. And isn't it amazing when you hear your kids say the things that you've battled with for 38 years? <laughs> 100%. And also be compassionate to yourself. Like, again, 
one of the, the things I get is all my clients, I say, right, the, like the first session, we talk about values. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to give you two minutes on a timer. I'm going to need to write down as much as you like. As many things that, that you love about yourself. What, and, and that compassion is key. And when you're compassionate, it releases oxytocin. Oxytocin helps you feel calm mm-hmm. and well. Uh, and actually, it's a really important chemical. And compassion and kindness to yourself and others is key. And what I love about, I certainly my kids is, you know, I, you know, I really love that about myself and I'm really kind. And I think, whereas when I was younger, it's like, why are you being so big headed about yourself? You weren't allowed to accept a compliment or meant to. So I, you know, again, I would say I've learned to be kind about myself and, you know, and praise myself. I think it's really important. And I love it when my kids do the same. That's amazing. That's amazing. If you could go back to the little Emma, go back in time and whisper a little life lesson or an affirmation, what would you say to her? It's okay when to get things wrong, right? It's okay when things don't go to plan. It's okay to let go of control of those three things. In mm-hmm. fact, what, what's happening now is leading you where you're meant to go. That's what I would say. I remember so many situations like crying and brownies because I couldn't do something, not taking part in netball, didn't go on a PGL trip because I thought, what if I can't abseil? just do it <laughs> just do it and that that would be it yeah get things wrong it's all right just do it and now i'm actually learning to cartwheel one of my big goals over the summer while we're in lockdown is i'm going to cartwheel i'm doing all of the things i didn't do as a child which i'm just loving so i'm doing it later on there's no, you'll never it's never too late i can't wait to see you cartwheeling around the park <laughs> <laughs> i was actually long acres yesterday cartwheeling <laughs> Amazing. Well, Emma, I could talk to you all afternoon. And you. If my listeners want to um, find out a bit more about transforming your minds, young minds rather, or uh, follow you and just keep in touch with your journey and how you're growing, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so I've got a uh, Facebook page, Transforming Young Minds. I'm also on Instagram, Transforming Young Minds. I've got a website www.transformingyoungminds. I've also got a new brand coming, which is Transforming Minds for Business, which again is on LinkedIn. So I'm on all those social media platforms. Um, and if you wanted to email me, it's emma at transformingyoungminds.co.uk. Amazing. And for all my listeners, I will make sure that the social media handles are on the show notes. So scroll down in the podcast library and you'll be able to find Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Emma. It's been amazing. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Emma as much as I enjoyed having a conversation with her. Emma's story and, and sort of relationship with anxiety has been really interesting in that she started having anxiety at a very young age and she didn't really attribute it to her parents or any major event that happened in her life. And what really interests me about this is how actually debilitating it was for her as a child, how it limited her in so many ways. And I think during her sort of informative years, she probably suppressed those feelings and sort of faced the fear and did things anyway. And like me, it was the birth of her second child that really rocked her and made her think about why she's doing what she's doing, why she's feeling the way she's feeling And then she went on this amazing journey of discovery um, about herself and she learned tools and techniques. And I admire the way that she made her mess her message, the way that she now 
lives and the business that she sets up to serve children, to help them overcome any limiting beliefs that they have. Emma is such an inspiration and I think there's a lot we can learn from her. Until next time, take care. I'm Roxana Hussein, and you've been listening to the Personal Power Boost podcast. You can follow Personal Power Boost on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, please go to the Apple podcast and rate and review this podcast. Do join me next week for another Personal Power Boost. Thank you so much for listening.